And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones, and we're with Lamb Lion Ministry. We want to welcome you to our program. Again, The Truth Will Set You Free. Today, we're going to talk about World War III and Russia. Those were the direct comments from President Joe Biden as he's been addressing these issues that are happening around the world. So stay tuned for this program. You don't want to miss it. For those of you following us along on social media, make sure that you share this program with your friends and family so that they can follow along with us. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that uh, no war happens unless you are behind it. Uh, Lord, you are sovereign and you are king. You have purposes for each and everything. And uh, with all this talk about Russia invading the Ukraine and uh, World War III and the Gog Magog War and all these prophetic wars, uh, help us, Lord, make sense of it from your scriptures. We thank you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. World War III and Russia. Stay tuned for today's program. Again, you're tuning into The Truth Will Set You Free. And of course, again, keep us in prayer and share this program with your friends and family. They can follow along with us, Vic Batista and Nathan Jones, as we touch on this topic. But before I continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Brother, uh, it's always good to be on, and especially in a times like these where it seems like the whole world's in crisis. I just really like this time of the week where we get together and go over the Bible and see what God has to say about it and help other people see what God has to say about it. So, brother, thank you. Nathan, and it's great to be able to encourage people in the midst of so much discouragement. And that's what Lamb and Lion Ministry, Christ in Prophecy, and all the programs do. But for someone who's new to the program, Nathan, will you be able to share with them our contact information, what we do, and the resources that are available to them? Well, if you're new to The Truth Will Set You Free, this is the podcast for the Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry, and our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. We do that in a number of different ways, but primarily through our television program, Christ in Prophecy, which is on most of the major networks, and uh, like Daystar, for instance, it's now in its 20th season. Uh, you can also catch uh, us on our website at ChristinProphecy.org. We have a wealth of materials about Bible prophecy articles, newsletters, uh, videos, uh, short-form videos, long-form videos, social media groups you can join. Hey, we want you to get excited, as Vic and I are, about the return of Jesus Christ. So check us out, ChristInProphecy.org. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nathan. And again, for those of you that are new, grab hold of these amazing resources. And also, uh, if you have a calendar, jot down July. That will be our annual conference. And Nathan, that's going to be exciting, right? For those people that are in Texas or even wherever they are, they can be part of this conference. Yes, uh, we here at Lamb and Lion Ministries host Bible prophecy conferences. Uh, we have, of course, streaming and regional, but our big annual conference is here in the Dallas, Texas area. It's July 22nd and 23rd. And uh, we're going to be addressing all the different aspects of the rapture. Uh, Jeff Kinley and Todd Hampson, the Prophecy Pros, will be joining us. Of course, uh, you, Vic, and uh, uh, Patrick Oliver and some of our other evangelists who are connected to our ministry. Of course, Tim Moore and uh, Dr. David Reagan is coming out of retirement just for a little bit. We're going to cover all the different signs of the end time. So if you're interested in uh, Warning Signal, the Urgency of the Rapture Conference, then check us out and get the info from our website at ChristInProphecy.org. Uh, you do need to register. Seats are limited. So please sign up and we hope you can join us. Thank you so much, Nathan. I'm looking forward to that. Again, just amazing things that God is doing in these last days. And we can we get to be part. We get front row seats 
uh, at all these events, and it's very exciting for the church. And Nathan, even even in the midst of war and rumors of war, we're excited because we know that these are signs pointing to the soon return of the Lord. One of those, of course, we're noticing here, talking about wars and rumors of war, is the situation with Russia and Ukraine. Not only that, but also talk about World War Three. Uh, even our own president that's coming out of his mouth and. Um, you and I know, of course, and we talked about this on our last program, that Russia is indeed mentioned in Bible prophecy by ancient names. But the Bible even talks about its location, according to Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39. And in our last program, Nathan, you were able to clarify for us some of these ancient names uh, in modern times. And uh, we looked at that in, uh, in, in our last program. But Russia is indeed mentioned in Bible prophecy, right, Nathan? And they're going to be a great player in these end times. Right. The Bible prophesies in the chapter uh, Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39 a great conflagration. There's no other end time war with such detail as what's called the Gog and Magog War or the War of Gog and Magog. It is a prophecy that was given in Ezekiel about uh, yeah, roughly 600 BC, so it's about 2,600-year-old prophecy, and it's a prophecy where Russia, and then it lists some other ancient names, but we have, can identify them as modern names. Russia, a personage from Russia who the Bible designates as Gog, and he will lead a coalition of nations, Russia, the, all the stand nations, which the ancient name was Magog. Uh, ancient Meshach, Tubal, Gomer, and Bethagarma, which today make up the, the modern country of Turkey. Persia, which is the uh, older name, not too old, for Iran. We've got Kush, which is Sudan and Ethiopia. And Put, which is Libya and possibly Algeria and Tunisia. So what we've got is this giant coalition of nations that Gog, whoever this leader from Russia is, who gets this coalition and the purpose of coming down, it, the Bible says, is that that God puts hooks in his jaw, Gog, and drags him down to Israel, gives him this idea that, hey, you should come and plunder Israel. Uh, there's some great wealth in Israel. And until today, Israel hasn't had any wealth whatsoever. I mean, yeah, it's got the diamond markets. Uh, it's got a lot of sand and good minerals and things like that. Uh, it's got a lot of food. It's become the breadbasket of the Middle East since the Jews took the desolate land and rebuilt it. But for the most part, it's now oil oil and natural gas from the Mediterranean. And Israel is building a pipeline through Greece up into Europe. Now, 40% of uh, Putin and Russia's government runs, the country of Russia runs on 40% of their government is sales of gasoline to Europe. Now, Israel is about to challenge another year or two. They'll open up their pipeline and directly challenge Russia's hold. That will be devastating to Russia. So we know now what this hook is that's going to draw Russia down to try to attack Israel. And brother, we're, I think we're seeing, at least today, we're seeing Russia, who had fallen apart when the Soviet Union fell apart in 1990, uh, start to get more powerful again. And clearly Putin is the center of attention on the world theater, wouldn't you say? Nathan, that is excellent points. And of course, we find that all this is, is what's happening right before our eyes. That's why people have so many questions. Is, is Does this have any Bible prophecy significance? Absolutely. This week, Nathan, you've been very busy uh, posting, blogging, and you put up this amazing map that I think is fantastic, even showing us the location and the direction uh, in a in map where Rush uh, Magog, 
uh, are located. And in case anybody gets a hold of these, these are wonderful visuals so that you can clearly see that what we're noticing in Ezekiel 38 and 39 is talking about this nation and also its location. And three times I read here in Ezekiel 38 and 39, Nathan, its location is to the north and the far north, north, which is what you pointed out in your map. Right. Some people interpret the farthest north to be Turkey, because if you look at a map and you go for Israel and just go north, you'll hit Turkey. But that's not the farthest north. The prophecy is that you go the farthest north, and that's Russia. Matter of fact, Moscow is almost directly north of Jerusalem, and it's the farthest country you can go north. Uh, we're seeing Russia grow. Now, uh, before we get into talking about World War III and the Gog Magog War, uh, if I could, Vic, I want to address what's going on in the Ukraine. Putin's attempt to overthrow the Ukraine isn't a prophetic war. So that's what people are asking. Is, is, but it is Phil's prophecy when you look at Matthew 24 and Luke 21, where Jesus said one of the signs of the end times, when it be increase in wars and rumors of wars, there would also be a call for peace and safety, but there is no peace and safety. So that with this war that Russia has with the Ukraine right now to try to drag its former Soviet bloc nation back under its control is just that. That's the prophecy that applies to that. There is no prophecy about Rosh conquering the Ukraine. Now, when we talk about the Rus or the Scythians that were the predecessors of Russia today, their lands extended through southern Russia and into the Ukraine. So if Russia does absorb the Ukraine and it looks very much like it's going to, that doesn't change the Gog Magog prophecy because it's just it's still that people group coming up against Israel. Now, I, I want to clarify, though, that the Ukrainians are Slavs. They do not see themselves as as Russians. Russians are a separate people, but the, they do have many Russians that were implanted during Stalin's era into the Ukraine. So just to, just to summarize, the Ukraine uh, being attacked by Russia is not. A specific prophecy. It's a general prophecy about an increase in wars and rumors of wars. And if Russia is successful in taking the Ukraine and is, then that will come against Israel at some future point. Nathan, and that's and, and, that, and that's fantastic because we see that eventually all eyes are going to turn to Israel. All these superpowers, we know, biblically speaking, that Israel is going to be the center of attack. And what we are seeing, of course, is we are seeing this lining up of these nations. We see uh, Russia, again, with greed, trying to take on uh, more power and become one of those superpowers of the end times. So we do see all the pieces falling in place and just like you mentioned so that ukraine is just part of this alignment if you will of what the bible talks about but i really like you you just making that clarification so anyone that is out there that's new to the program or new to bible prophecy will have a better understanding how all these things are falling into place and that's why nathan again you know the talk about world war three well what i find is that that uh when president uh joe biden or others talk about world war three really what they're kind of talking about is the end time war in the time of the tribulation that war that we know as the um our war of armageddon with all the nation that's going to come together that to me sounds more like World War Three, or like you mentioned, even World War Four. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I think it's very, very, just can I say stupid? 
for people to be talking about World War III over and over and over again, as if there's no repercussions, because we read about that, you're right, in, Bible, in the Bible, in Revelation 6. Now, I want to separate World War III from the Gog-Magog War. So, so let's step back, because we're talking about a lot of wars and get confusing. What's going on between Russia and the Ukraine is not the Gog-Magog War, but is not World War III either. Could more nations join Russia, well, we know that they will one day to attack and plunder Israel, but those aren't the nations of Europe. It's actually the other nations, the Islamic nations. Nations that have been enemies for centuries are united under Islam. And they come down here, and we read in Ezekiel 38 and 39 about, uh, this is what the Lord says, uh, verse 10, on that day it shall come to pass that thoughts will arise in your mind, Gog, the leader of Russia, who, if it was today, it'd be Putin, and you will make an evil plan. You will say, I will go up against the land of unwalled villages. I will go to a peaceful people who dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates, to take plunder and to take booty, to stretch out your hand against the waste places that are again inhabited and against the people gathered from the nations who have acquired livestock and goods who dwell in the midst of the land. So what it's saying here is that God has is saying that there's an evil thought in this leader of Russia who, again, I'm not saying it is Putin, but if this prophecy happens while Putin's president, more than likely it is Putin, and he is fabulously wealthy and powerful, unlike anybody in Russia's history. Uh, and what's the purpose? To go and plunder Israel. And it's interesting, look at this where it says here, verse 12, to take against your hand against the waste places that are again inhabited against the people gathered from the nations. Well, Vic, you know that after the Romans destroyed Israel in 70 AD, that they had pretty much deforested the country and Israel became a wilderness. Uh, matter of fact, there was very few, this idea that there was Palestinians living in it. There was, you could read Mark Twain's The Innocents Abroad, which I just finished recently. Ep excellent book. It takes place in 1867. And he traveled for three days across the Holy Land without even encountering anybody. It was that desolate. But this prophecy is that Israel's back in the land. The land is no longer desolate, that the, the Jews feel they're at peace, whether from their military or whatnot, and that they have here um, acquired life, livestock and goods, wealth, and they've been gathered from the nations. Well, what have we been seeing for the last hundred years? The Jewish people regathered back to the land of Israel. So all these preconditions for the Gog-Magog war are happening. Now, we can get into another war, which is the Psalm 83 war which likely is a predecessor war to the Gog and Magog war, where Israel's adjoining neighbors, uh, Egypt, Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, uh, Gaza, attack Israel and Israel defeats them. That would explain why when we look at these Gog, Magog nations, those Psalm 83 nations aren't listed there. So <laughs> lots of wars. I don't want to be confusing, but uh, let's get ahead just a little bit here. What happens is, is that so Gog with this huge horde attacks Israel. Now, the Israel Defense Forces cannot possibly repel such a large army. God steps in, supernaturally destroys these nations with uh, unbelievable stuff, supernatural. You're talking about hail and earthquakes, that the armies turn each other. Then God sends fire back on those nations and destroys them. And it also says that the other nations of the world, the Arabs, they're the Sheba and Dedan, the merchants of Tarshish and their young lions, that's talking about uh, the new world. Uh, we'll sit back and watch this. So God destroys Russia, Persia, 
uh, Libya, the Stand nations, all those, and they're not a player. Basically, Islam is destroyed in that war. Brother, I recommend people go to our website, ChristinProphecy.org, go under read articles and tribulation. I have an article there called Timing Gog and Magog. It's a paper I had to write towards my doctorate degree that I'm working on. And uh, there I put it in really great detail about this war. But this war likely timing-wise will happen at just before the onset of the tribulation, I believe after the rapture, because this is God stepping into history again, meaning that this isn't a church age event. But still, this isn't World War III, as you said, Vic. Nathan, and, and I love that. And of course, we want to give people a little bit of homework. Everything that you touched on, they can simply go back and read Ezekiel chapter 36, those dry bones coming to life, as well as uh, uh, Israel being planted back in, in, into their nation and now a flourishing nation. And this is exactly why we want to look at the Bible and we want to encourage people to follow along in the Bible so that they're not mistaken with the different wars that are taking place and the timing of each one of these events. But I love what you said. We are going to see God stepping into time, possibly during our time. And Nathan is simply something that happened earlier during a lifetime, 1967, with the Six Day War. We saw the miracles of God stepping into our time zone and doing things that just baffle the nations. It, it is. And I wouldn't say that the Psalm 83 war was six, uh, the war, the Six Day War of 1967. I mean, some people interpreted that. Uh, it, to me, it seems like a war that's still yet future. But uh, what we got here is is look at the result here. And um, let me just uh, switch over to chapter 39 here, because uh, I want to show you here that we know this is before the tribulation, because what's going to happen is that afterwards, there's so much death and destruction from this war that the Jewish people will have to set up a burial area to cleanse the land. They, you know, Jews with their purification all, they need the dead bodies off the land. So they, they have this Valley of Hemingog, which we don't know where that is, but it's going to be a place of burial. And there's going to be a new town built called Hamona. This is chapter 39, verse 16, that the Jewish people will have a temporary city that's used as a launching point to clean all the dead. And it says that this will happen for seven months, they'll be burying the dead. And for seven years, the Jewish people will be taking the leftover weapons, the fuel, whatever's left over, and use that for seven years. Well, how long is the tribulation? Seven years. And why is the world sit back and let Russia attack Israel with such a large coalition? Well, if this is a post-church uh, age event, then it had to be the rapture of the church. Why is the United States and China no longer a power and in getting involved? It's because it would, it would have been really hobbled by the raptures. The Christians left with large Christian population in America, large Christian population in China. And so what do we get after the Gog and Magog War? Well, we got all the, we got Russia's no longer a world power. The Islamic world is no longer a world power. Uh, China is hobbled, and it's an emerging power. The United States seems to be in disarray. It's not a power. We have the Antichrist rising out of Europe. Brother, just this week, we have seen the NATO army activated. It hasn't been done before. Could the NATO army eventually be turned into the Antichrist initial army, the army of Europe? Eventually, Europe will rise into what's called the revived Roman Empire. It will astonish the world when it happens, and the Antichrist will rise out of Europe. And the only way that you could see this configuration happening 
is if the Gog-Magog war happens before the tribulation, because that leaves what superpower standing? Europe and soon Israel will become a power as well. So, uh, brother, I, we're really seeing all these pieces come together, but we still haven't addressed World War III yet, have we? No, and Nathan, and, and, and this is why this is very extensive here, and we want to give people the opportunity to see the timing and when all these events are going to take place. And uh, yeah, and also earlier, I wasn't saying that 1967 was the Psalm 83 war. It's just to show people when God has miraculously stepped into time and done things that really have uh, confounded and, and confused people because we see that there are those miracles that God does that is hard for people to explain. But Nathan, World War III is something that, you know, uh, oftentimes I remember when I was a young Christian and my father will also will always talk about World War III and it would scare me to death because <laughs> what came to my mind was really more of what the Bible talks about in the time of the tribulation. And, and a lot of people today, when, they, when you say World War III, they often think of Armageddon, the end of the world. Yes, that's true. Uh, you know, it's interesting how, how this God-Magog war ends with the purposes of is chapter 39, verse 25. It says, therefore, thus says the Lord God, now I will bring back the captives of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel. I'll be jealous for my holy name after they have borne their shame and all their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me when they dwelt safely in their own land and no one made them afraid. When I brought them back from the peoples and gathered them out of the enemy's lands, I am hallowed in them and in the sight of many nations. Then they shall know that I am the Lord their God who sent them into captivity among the nations, but also brought them back to the land and left none of them captive any longer. I will not hide my face from them anymore, for I shall pour out my spirit on the house of Israel, says the Lord God. So God stepping in to supernaturally defend Israel in the Gog and Magog war is for the purpose of one, making Israel come back to God. 85% of the Jews living in Israel are secular humanists. But by the end of the Gog-Magog war, they will all believe in God, but they will have not accepted Jesus as their Messiah yet. So God's going to pour out a spirit on them. It's the tribulation era. And then this is where we're going to then move into the tribulation time period. And then a series of judgments, 21 judgments will befall the earth. And this is where we get to World War III, and that is Revelation 6. And Nathan, and that's why we wanted to, um, again, just encourage anyone that's part of the program to follow along in their Bibles and make sure that they also jot down. And uh, I know we, we won't have enough time to cover uh, all these passages, but yeah, the difference is when you look at these wars, the Bible clearly talks about all the nations that will be gathering together and really, the last battle is going to be to battle against the Lord as he returns uh, in, in Revelation chapter 19. But again, most people only think of Armageddon. And that seems to be all that when we talk about world wars that, that they are familiar with. But yet you have described to us already a number of other wars in addition to Armageddon. And we have a wonderful article on our website at ChristandProphecy.org. Uh, wonderful in that it helps you understand the wars of the end times. It's written by our founder, Dr. David Reagan, and it's called The Wars of the End Times. It lists the nine wars and, and what their sequences is and who's, in, who's involved and what the outcomes are. I highly recommend you check it out. Uh, what we're here now is we're at the, uh, Vic and I are at what will be World War III. And I say World War III with certainty because 
if a world war erupted now uh, with nuclear weapons and the technology we have, there'd be very few people left alive. And that is what you read in the first half of the tribulation time period. The Antichrist is the first judgment released on the earth. He leads, uh, puts the world into a world war. Uh, there's massive death. A quarter of the world population dies from the war or the result, which is starvation and disease. And then the other judgments as they come on the earth results in by the middle of the seven-year tribulation, brother, half the world population is dead. That would be four billion people in today's numbers will be dead by the middle of the tribulation. But that, that isn't even Armageddon. Armageddon is the war at the end of the tribulation. The remaining four billion people and all those who die in other judgments will gather into the Valley of Jezreel in Israel. It's kind of a civil war between the Antichrist and uh, he has 10 kings that rule underneath him and some will rebel, the kings from the east in particular. This gathers the armies for a civil war, but Jesus returns and Satan uses that to unite those armies and fight Jesus. But no one can fight the king of kings. Jesus returns, brother, the saints with him. We'll be there to witness this. That's us that the, the Bible's talking about. And we'll watch King Jesus with just a word melt the enemies of the Antichrist and throw the Antichrist and false prophet into hell and Satan into a pit and uh, enter into his kingdom where Jesus rebuilds the earth. And for a thousand years, we have Jesus ruling from Jerusalem. So uh, there's a lot of wars between now and the return of Jesus, all caught up in a tiny little amount of time, probably a decade or less. And uh, we're seeing the, the birth pains, the beginnings of this. And that's why jokingly, Nathan, we said is that the that, that, that Armageddon is actually World War Four, not three, because we see that by then, I mean, Revelation 16, verses 12 through 16, Revelation 19, verses 17 through 18, Matthew 24, 27, 31, all these talk about really those things that will be taking place in the time of the tribulation. So the beginning, as you said there, the white horse, uh, the Antichrist comes into the scene, Revelation 6, as a deceiver. And that begins this um, unraveling, if you will, of all these wars on the end times. Well said. Yes, absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of war coming up. Uh, you, you realize why is mankind allowed to use nuclear weapons? Because quite a number of these uh, prophecies about the tribulation time period sound nuclear in nature. Uh, very frightening. Uh, and that's because when the church is raptured off this earth, if, in other words, you're a member of the church. If you are saved, you put your trust in Jesus Christ and we'll be raptured up to heaven before this happens. And it's, the Bible says that the restrainer, the restraining influence of God is removed off this earth so that mankind feels free to do whatever proclivity they want to do. And when you release the heart of man, all that evil and vileness comes out towards each other. And this is where you get this world war. It's a judgment of God upon all the rebellion and sin that's going on today. But first, God always takes out his faithful ones before he pours his wrath upon this earth. Amen. And Nathan, and that's a great point. And that's why people right now, we want to encourage you not to freak out when you hear the news talking about World War III. We believe the events are going to fall in line, just like the Bible says. We believe in the rapture of the church. We believe the church is not going to be here for that event of the tribulation. We will be gone. And that's why we encourage you to put your trust in Jesus now so that you will not be led by a spirit of fear, but a spirit of faith. And that only comes through a personal relationship with Jesus. So if you have not trusted in the Lord, 
We want to give you an opportunity, even right now at the close of our program, for you to come to Christ while there is still time. There is still hope and there's still a lot that God wants to do in your life. So, Nathan, would you be able to share with that person right now that maybe is a little bit fearful, they're a little bit confused, they don't have a relationship with Jesus, but they do want to experience the peace of God in their heart, how they can start that relationship with the Lord even right now? Well, you can't have peace in your heart without Jesus' love in your heart. And you do that by stepping out in faith and accepting him as your Savior and Lord of your life. Uh, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except by me. There's no other faith, religion, practice, work you can do to earn your way to heaven. Jesus did the only work that mattered by dying on the cross. And by him taking your judgment upon himself, then he has paid the price for you. And when you put your faith and trust in him, he forgives you of your sins he erases the guilt, and he gives you a new life and an eternal hope. And if you're ready to receive that, then reach out in prayer from your heart. Pray something like, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me for my rebellion against you. Please be the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you, Jesus. And I love you in your precious name. Amen. And Jesus will do just that. Your sins will be forgiven. The guilt will be washed away, and you'll inherit eternal life with him. Praise the Lord, Nathan. I love that word of encouragement. We're going to be going up in the rapture, not going up in smoke as the people want to instill fear in the hearts of men. And again, if you trusted in Christ, know that if the rapture happened today, you're going to be going up with all of us. We also want to encourage you, find a church, a Bible teaching church, get plugged in and let them know you accepted the Lord and get baptized. That's a wonderful, wonderful steps of discipleship. And of course, we want to encourage you to continue to keep your eyes on the Lord. Yes, there will be wars and rumors of wars, but the Bible talks about all these things. But before that, we believe the Lord is going to snatch us up and we see those signs all around us. So Nathan, I'm so excited because we know that God is coming soon. And I want to thank you for just clarifying these very difficult passages and all these wars that people were not aware of. Well, thank you, brother. It's always a great ministering with you. And I hope people that you're not frightened of what's going on. Certainly it's trying times, but know that the Lord has it all in his hands and there's nothing but good prophesied for God's children. Amen. And again, we want to thank you for being part of our program today. Truth will set you free here. Lamb, Lion, Ministry, Big Batista, Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Hope you guys have a great week and stay tuned for our next program. So we'll continue to cover all these end time events. Have a great day.